You're not the one left with nothing when it comes to being a child of God or being in the kingdom of God. You're not that one. So anything you do, you can present yourself and you can have the attitude and heart and conviction that God is for you. So everything you do should be bold. Should be bold because you have the standing for it. It's not like you're on a, on a cliff ready to die. Even if you feel that way, even if you feel down and out, you're not there. We, we understand that we are attacked in life and, and there's voices, right? There's so many different voices in the world. One of those voices is, is the enemy of our soul, the one who would just love for us to actually just believe that we don't have a solid foundation and that our foundation is all messed up and then there's nowhere to put your feet. That way you don't live boldly, you live timidly. So as we move forward, I, I really, really believe until um, January when we set the theme for the next year, this is going to be one of those things where we just begin to put our, our focus in God and trusting him to have a strong foundation so we can live boldly. Okay? And I, I'm going to encourage you guys to believe that for yourself, for the people around you, for everyone around you, because you're loved. You know, if it was just you, Jesus would die just the same. So let's pray. Let's get started and um, get on to the lesson today. Jesus, we thank you. We love you, God. Most importantly, we understand that we're loved by you, God. We thank you to be able to gather in this place. I thank you for each person that's here, God. And I pray that you would just reach us, talk to us, uh, speak to us in a way that we can understand, God. And I pray anything right now, God, that we would just have a, a, a tremendous focus on what it is you're going to teach us today. We thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I, I found myself at um, a weird place yesterday because I was talking to... Uh, I was with somebody, and we were talking. Um, they wanted to stop by the store. We stopped by the store. And then what ended up happening was um, two, two men were fighting in the street. They were, like, hitting each other, like, punching each other in the, in, the, in the faces. And they were hitting each other and fighting and stuff. So this kind of got weird because my inner, my inner need to, like, I'm a big fan of superheroes. So my inner need to be, like... I'm going to be a vigilante right now. I'm about to go and be a vigilante and I'm going to stop this crime. So that's, that's how I got it in my head that way that I was going to go do that. So I went and pulled the guy off and the other guy off and kind of broke up the fight and everything. And I felt really good about myself, like I did something good. And, and God kind of like convicted me in a moment's time, like really fast. Like, like this, is, this is it. This is kind of the example that we've been talking about. Is it where does your good proceed from? Does it proceed from a relationship with God or some other need? Right? Or some other need. And so for that situation, for me, I'm willing to put myself right there and say it was initially from some other need. Another need to, for me to, to, to be a superhero or to somehow be somebody uh, for some reason or do something notable, right, or, or, or actionable. And it, it, it created my own identity in that moment. I walked into my own identity and I was like, this is who I am. This is what I do. I stand, I stand up for the week. And, and, and the way I even approached the situation was a little more like sure, like uh, sure of myself. You know, and I felt convicted about that. And I know you're going to be like, oh, why would you feel convicted about that? You're doing something good. I felt convicted about that because there was another way. I didn't approach it from a, a Christ, the nature of humility and protection and love and, and that attitude. It was more about my need. 
you know, and so we can do good things, but still have the wrong intention, right? This is why getting into heaven is not on the basis of good works, right? Or a lack of good works. It's on the basis of your faith in Jesus Christ and what he has done, because we get to that point where it's like, if, if it's on some other basis, if it's on some other foundation, right? That foundation is movable. It's a manipulation of, 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 of conscience of yourself, because at the end of the day, your, your identity is Christ, is Jesus Christ. That's our identity. That identity never changes. So when we talk about living boldly, right? We're building a foundation on, a, on an identity that never changes. He will always be who he is. He is alive forever. He resurrected, so he's alive forever. And so if he's in me, if God is in me, and he is in you, right? The most valuable thing about each other is not your individual separation of angel or like, or Nate or, or, or Kelly or, or my aunt or, or someone else. It's not a separation of, 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 okay, what's different about me and how can I define my difference when I engage with people, you know what I mean? That, that's not what it's about. It's about we have the most valuable thing in common in the entire world. Our commonness is not in things that we relate on. Yeah, we can like sports, or yeah, we can like this and like that, but the commonness truly is that we have God inside of us, right? And this is the thing, and when we don't have a value for that, we don't have a conviction that our value is Him, and that my neighbor's value or my brother and sister's value is Him, then that's where we have disparity in how we treat each other, right? Because it is the will of God that we do good works. It is, a good, it is the will of God that we live a, a good life, that, we have, that we, we're practically good, right? That we act humble, that we save people from, from danger or harm, or that we do those good things. It is the will of God that we do those things, right? It's the lack of us doing them that actually gives people this idea that, oh, like, Christians, another group of hypocrites, right? And I really believe that most people believe that about Christianity because we have built our foundation from the wrong basis. We have a movable foundation where we are actually under legalism and law and traditions and rules in our minds. Our minds are governed by if we do good, we'll get good. If we do bad, we'll get bad. And so we're legalistic in our thinking. Therefore, the natural result is that every time we speak, we'll end up violating what we stand for. So it's a, today, today is, we're trying to get to the same place and the same goal, right? Is, is maybe other churches where it's holiness and righteousness and, and right living. But how we achieve that is completely different under the new covenant of grace. Because under the old covenant, the law demands holiness from men. Sinful men, be holy. It's impossible. Right? In the new covenant, grace provides holiness to men. It's imparted. It's given. It's a gift. It's free. It's apart from your actions. Jesus was made sin apart from his actions, so you can be made righteous apart from yours. Right? And that's the basis. So this foundation... We have to base it on something that's sure, that's immovable, that doesn't change. 
Okay, so this becomes very, very important when we talk about living confident, living bold, living, living um, courageous in everything you do, right? Go to work and, and how do you feel? Do you feel like you're, oh, everything's gonna work out bad for me, right? Do you have that attitude in your head? It's because there's somewhere in you that feels like you deserve bad. You're living on the basis of works, on a basis of legalism that says because of what you do, you somehow deserve bad. Because of what you've done, your past, your mistakes, or, or nobody likes you, or you're the, the insecure, right? And that's your basis, so guess what? You live that way. And so this is the, the most beautiful thing about believing in God, is that when you believe in Jesus Christ, your, your salvation is secure. So that you never have to question it, whether or not you're good, whether or not you're bad, right? But how secure you believe you are determines how well you perform. In a relationship, we talk about this all the time, is if, if, if I'm in a relationship with a woman and I constantly tell her, uh, you know, I'm not too sure about this relationship. I'm not too sure that this is gonna last, right? What happens to that relationship? The, 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 it ruins it. It messes with it because the, the person can never be confident. The person can never be confident that they're loved in spite of their weaknesses. So that relationship becomes tattered and, and, and complicated, right? You know those Facebook posts complicated? Right? It becomes complicated, right? Um, I think they took those away. But, but when, when we think about it, it's when you whisper those sweet somethings, not those sweet nothings, right? The sweet somethings, I'll never leave you. I'm always by your side. I'll always be here. I'm your, you know, we can get more hood. I'm your ride or die, right? I mean, <laughs> we get more secure. The more secure we are, the better we act in our relationship. So today's lesson is grace for practical living, right? We have to live this life. We have to go to work. We have to do a lot of things. We have to, 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 to go to school. We have to educate ourselves. We have to grow. We have to challenge ourselves. We have to, 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 to please people. We have family. We have friends. We have coworkers, right? We have all this around. But this is the thing is people don't understand how Jesus dying on a cross relates to all of that stuff. How does that, how does that fix me? And we, we went back and we've done some I've done some studies where I've seen is that people even in, in, in mental asylums where, where they struggle, right? None of them believe that they have eternal salvation. None of them believe that they're secure and they're right with God. You'll never find a, 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 a psychologist or, or um, someone who's, who's in that profession say, okay, yeah, this person believes they're, they're going to heaven and they have mental problems. That doesn't mix. It doesn't mix. What does mix is to believe that I'm going to hell and having problems. Right? So if we talk to people and we're always on the basis of their sin, oh, you know what? You do that thing, uh, that's probably, probably, you're probably going to want to change that if you're going to come to church. You're probably going to want to fix that if you're going to come to church. We kind of shake their basis, right? We take away the security. We completely rob them of their security. And then what? We're left feeling insane, crazy. Because outside of Jesus, there's no way to justify the wrong we've done. How do you make up for it? How much good do you have to do to somehow feel good about yourself again after doing something very bad? Right? There's there's no way. 
you can try, you can give your best effort, you can, you can keep trying to achieve a perfect conscience so that you can live boldly in life, right? But if the basis is just you and what you do, the good and the bad that you do, then that, it's always going to shake you. It's always going to shake you. And so um, Titus 2, 11 says this, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Okay? So the grace of God, which is God's unearned blessing, brings salvation, which is physical, spiritual defense, protection. So it's protection. The grace of God, the undeserved blessing that we get from God of salvation, okay? it brings protection from what? So it has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness, worldly lust, we, we should live, it should be better translated, living soberly, righteously, godly in this present world. So we understand that grace is the master teacher behind righteous living. Grace is the master teacher, not law. But we've been taught, okay, like, use the Bible as a book of disciplines, right, that somehow teach you how to be holy or how to be godly or how to be righteous or how to be anything like that, you know? And so when we talk about grace of God, bring salvation, has appeared to all men, we're talking about Jesus. We're talking about Jesus actually coming. Then it says teaching, which is providing us education on how to deny ungodliness, which is through what? The grace. What, then what's the grace message? Well, grace is the master teacher on how believers can gain and deny things that don't demonstrate godliness and worldly lust by what? By what? Having a, stand, a right standing with God that's apart from works. Is I become more righteous in my actions the more I believe I'm secure it's been taught opposite this is the biggest false doctrine you'll ever hear is that I'm righteous because I obey God I'm righteous I'm godly I'm holy because I obey God that is false doctrine that's hard to believe right but the opposite is is that you're given righteousness as a gift your job, your only obedience is to receive it. Right? And the more you're secure in it, the better you perform. If I'm a runner, if I'm a football player, if I'm a, a basketball player, if I'm any kind of in sports or anything, the more I rest, the more well-rested I am, the better I perform. So, obviously there's righteous acts, but we have been learning about grace through the weeks, right through the Bible studies, um, that we have tremendous security in God, especially this week, has been super, like, like you know, it's unshakable. But this is something that John 3.18 says, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. So if we have this security, okay, we will never be condemned. We will never be condemned. This is grace. But people won't go out and sin more. So I'm not, if I believe in him, I'm not condemned. If I don't believe him, I'm already condemned. It's not him condemning me. Do you see that? I'm already condemned because I'm under a, 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 a value system of, okay, here's rules. If I break them, then I condemn myself. 
So we're not under that. We're under grace. So, well, this verse alone debunks that it's by works because we see that grace, this message of security, is the message that brings us into righteous living. So the, we must get more of this grace message in us. The Bible doesn't say grow in works, but it says grow in grace. Right? Grow in grace. Um, grace makes you grow in works. But you can't say grow in works. Like if I tell you, okay, go be patient. Go be disciplined, right? Go, go, go do something with yourself that makes you look like a good person. What does that do to you? That puts you in a particular, a very interesting position of trying to achieve it, right? Instead of realizing that you already have it. God in this situation, if you do not step in on my behalf and help control myself, I'm gonna be impatient. I'm not gonna demand it from myself, but I'm gonna ask you to help me in this situation. It's a dependence on grace, right? Because there's more power in grace than there is in discipline to do right, righteousness. I'll explain this a little further. So how does a person of grace get from believing to living with good works and acts attached without becoming legalistic? And let me tell you, it's not willpower. How does a person get to good living, right? without becoming legalistic, without thinking, okay, because I live over here, because I live above you guys in my actions and I, and I do good things, right? Then I'm now better than you, right? How do we avoid that? Well, the, that's why it has to be by grace. Because if it's not by grace, then somehow we'll think, okay, I'm better over here, you're worse over here, right? It takes, it's not about any of us but it's all about him and what he's able to do. Again, law demands, grace supplies. Law says, do, 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 which you can't do, and grace supplies and says, here, I got you. I have your back, I'm here for you. And so when we, we first need to understand what the real gospel is, right? So we're made righteous apart from works by faith that Jesus lived, died, was buried and resurrected, okay? We are made right with God because Jesus lived, died, was buried, and resurrected on our behalf. He did the obedience of the law for you, and he paid for the lack of obedience for you. He paid for us, for both sides, right? Because we need a righteous man, and we need someone who's sinless, who hasn't done the wickedness that the law condemns. He did that for us, okay? So he's not condemning us because he condemned Christ. God is no longer condemning us because in the body of Jesus was the condemnation. They say, well, angel, it seems like you're going soft on sin. Well, okay, yeah, it sounds like that, but you can't say that we're going soft on sin and Jesus paid this terrible consequence. We're not going soft on sin. We're actually saying that sin is actually so terrible. Look what happened to Jesus. That's how bad sin is. So we agree, we're against sin. But the difference is we're, we are on a different path than Christianity the traditional Christianity has taught us, okay, just go do it. Just go do it. No, just going doing it is not a transformation of the heart. Doing it in faith is not a transformation of the heart. Okay? You have to have a conviction first, a belief, a faith, that it is the right thing to do. Right? It has to be in your heart. That's why the law says don't commit adultery. Right? But what, is, what does Jesus say? Love your neighbor. Love your wife as I have lo loved you. 
Let me wipe this. Christ loves the church. You see the difference in commandment. The commandment is, this is just an abstaining. This is an actual love. To actually love. There's a difference. This can be manipulated. This can't. This is transformation. This is not. This is just a rule. It doesn't show that I have a heart for my wife if I just don't do adultery. Well, I, I've been good. I, just, I haven't done adultery. So I'm good. Right? Well, that does nothing to the heart. So we must grow in grace to achieve that transformation. And so here's, um, here's a verse. Um, Romans 4.16. I mean, 6.14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. So notice this. Under law, sin has dominion over me. If I'm legalistic, if I think I'm right with God by what I do, right? Then under law, under legalism, sin has dominion over me. Wait a minute, that's opposite of what we're taught. We're taught that, you know, if you're under grace, man, be careful with that message because people will go out and sin. Right? But it says here clearly, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under law. So it's saying that sin will have dominion if you're under law. Right? But under grace. Then it says, what then? Shall we sin because we are not under law but under grace? God forbid. God forbid. So he's saying, obviously not. If you're under grace, doesn't mean you're going to go out and sin. That's not what it's saying. 1 Corinthians 15, 56 says, the strength of sin is the law. The more law we preach, the more legalistic, the more religion we preach, the more of that we preach, the more the do's and don'ts and tell people what to do and govern their lives and control, right? The more of that we preach, the stronger sin gets. It may not always be obvious, right? This is why you see people who are religious come out with the most perverse or perverted sins, right? Because they're kept under wraps. They're put in this box, in this box, and then it explodes, because that's what the strength of... I didn't, I didn't say that. That's the, that's the Bible that says strength of sin is the law. The more I preach legalism, the more I tell you what to do, right? Without giving you the supply, then what happens? The more susceptible you, come, you become to living in sin. And so here in Romans 6, 17, it says, But God be thanked that you were, past tense, the servants of sin. But you have obeyed from the heart. See, angel, look, it says obedience. Right? Everyone says that. And look, look, it says obedience right there. It says you have obeyed from the heart. Um, you had faith, which is that form of doctrine that was delivered to you. This is talking about righteousness by faith. You obeyed. Okay? Here's, here's the kicker. I was talking to Jeff about this on Saturday. And I was saying that you should copy my faith, not my actions. You should copy my faith, not my actions. If you try to copy my actions, you'll come short of imitating them. Okay? But if you copy my faith, right, it'll produce those actions. When Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ, he's saying, follow me, copy my faith. If you see how much faith I have in God, copy that. If you're going to copy something, right? And then if it doesn't, it doesn't produce the same thing, then you know you're probably not believing it right. We don't do anything we don't believe. Right? 
we believed this coffee shop would be open when we came. So we came. It's so simple. It is so simple. Okay? But it, we make it kind of complicated. So then verse 18 says, But then being made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. So it's believing I'm right with God that makes me free from being a slave of sin. We are taught that we are free from sinful actions and deeds, but the word righteousness here is a noun. Okay? Do, do, is anyone in here free from sinful actions and deeds? No. Right? No. None of us are. None of us are free from sinful actions and deeds. So if the Bible says you're free from sin, what is it saying? You're free from its power over you. Okay? What does that mean? That's, that's the hard part. That's where we get, it gets tricky in Christianity. Because what, what does that mean? Then? If, it's, if it's a noun, it's not referring to actions, that you're free from the action of sin. It means you're free from the condition that creates the action. You're free from the identity that was given to you by Adam. So Adam imparted to you the sinful nature. It's unfair, right? Why are we all sinners because of Adam? It's unfair. But guess what? He did the same thing with Christ. Why are we all who believe in Jesus made righteous apart from actions? Why? Because it's not fair just the same. It's the same unfairness. But again, it, it's the fairness of God to say, okay, if you're imparted sinful nature, then you're imparted righteous nature, righteous, a righteous nature as well. It means you're given to it for free. You got sinful nature for free. And no matter what you did, you could never be righteous. Right? When we got our sinful nature, no matter what we did, we could never be righteous. So that when we get our righteous nature, no matter what we do, we could never lose our righteous standing. Because when you're under grace, sin will not have dominion over you. When you're under law, sin will have dominion over you. When you're under grace, sin has no dominion over you. That means the more secure you believe you are in your relationship with God, that you can't lose what he's giving you, the more sin has no dominion, no strength over your life. But we preach the opposite, right? We've heard the opposite. We've been taught the opposite because our nature says, do good, get good. And so it confuses us because our nature says a reward system, right? You do, the, the, the puppy obeys, what do you do? You throw it a bone, right? It's very, it's very natural, it's very innate. This is why it takes a revelation from God to understand this. This is why we're saying, okay, it's the basis has to be right Right? To be able to live with good, to be able to get to the point where we see good works. We're saved unto good works. But how do we get there without becoming the Pharisees? How do we get there? That's been the problem. And what we're saying is how we get there is by believing that you're more secure, that it's less about your actions, so that it becomes fruit. Does a tree struggle to bear fruit? No. It doesn't struggle to bear fruit. It just bears fruit. Right? Amen? It just bears fruit. It just does. Does it like, oh, I'm, I'm trying to bear fruit and I can't. No, it's a tree. 
it's planted, it's made that way, and as long as you water it, right? That's what the word's for, right? You water it, it bears fruit. So the more I hear that I have this right standing, the more secure I become, the more fruit I bear, naturally. I'm not focusing on the action, I'm focusing on the faith it takes to get the action. Okay? So, Galatians 5 says, but if you be led of the Spirit, you are not under law. If I'm under law, then be made righteous by what I do. Here's the list of things I'll struggle with. So if I'm under law, here's the list of things I'll struggle with, okay? So it says, but if you're led of the Spirit, you're not under law. But it says, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, licentiousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, reveling, and such like of these which I tell you, and I have I told you in past times, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So people have said, okay, well, why does the Bible say that if it's all grace? Why does it say these people won't inherit the kingdom of God who, who, who do these lifestyles, right? What does it say is the source of these lifestyles? Being under law. If you be led of the Spirit, you're not under law. That's the context, right? Then it says, now, now, the works of the flesh, which are the strength of sin is the law, right? So they're provoked by the legalism. They're provoked by it. Therefore, we end with idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, murder, drunkenness, revolution. That's where we end up getting. Because we believe that we're saved by our works. We believe we're right with God by our works. So we get to sin. We get, that's how we get on the path to sin. That's the natural result of being under law, is living in sin. So this is the issue. When we're living in sin as believers, right, as people who believe in God and Christians, do you know why we're doing that? Is because a part of us is legalistic. A part of us is still thinks we're right with God by what we do. There's a part of us that still believes that it's because what I do that I'm not right with God, and it's because of what I do that I am right with God, instead of being secure. So then it says this. You can't go to well, this is what I, I wrote this, but you can't go to heaven as a result of being sinful, but but being under law. You're denied heaven, not because you're sinful. That's just the fruit. But because you're under law. Because you think you can earn heaven. Therefore, you're denied heaven. Because you don't have a sacrifice. This is why Cain, right? This is why Cain wasn't accepted. Because he didn't bring a sacrifice. He brought the fruit of his hands instead of an animal sacrifice for sins. This is why he's denied. It's not because... Cain didn't have a, a good heart or wasn't sincere or anything like that. It's just there wasn't that atoning factor. We, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. Right? But we have the shedded blood of Jesus Christ on our side. And it's not just regular blood. It's eternal blood. It's blood that when it's spilt, it lasts forever. This is why we can be secure. Then, check this out. So, verse 22, but the fruit produce the, the byproduct, the fruit of the Spirit. This is the byproduct of God's Spirit inside of us, right? Which is given by grace. Right? It's given by grace because you don't, we can't earn it. Can we earn that God lives inside of us? No. 
Did we receive the Spirit by the hearing of faith or by the works that we do? We heard that we could receive it because of what Jesus did on the cross. So we received it. After having received it, the fruit of that Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Then it says, against such there's no law. You don't become more loving by being under rules and regulations or that if you fell God, you're disowned. You don't become more loving that way. If you're living in sin, it's because you are somehow still under the law, and that's why we can't preach a mixed message. This is why the message can't be mixed. It's by grace, apart from works, that you're saved forever. You never lose. You'll never lose. With God, you'll never lose. If you get that in your head, you can then live confidently, right? If you get that in your heart and you believe that with all your heart, that when he paid, he paid once and for all. That brings security. Then you can bear fruit because you're no longer under law. Because you're no longer under legalistic teaching or religious teaching or religious mentalities and, and rules and regulations. And I've met people before who were so loving and kind and they, they didn't have all the religion that I have. But I, I remember my worst times and my worst struggles were when I was the most religious. I lived in the most uh, sinful lifestyle when I believed I was right with God one day and the next day not. So I would be good, I'd be good for 24 hours. And then the next day I'd do something. And so the next five days I spent not believing that I was close to God anymore. And I was trying to get back there. I was trying to get back to a place that I fell from. And it was this whole game, right? And I'm just running in circles and the devil's just laughing. Ha, ha, ha. I mean, <laughs> he's just laughing at me, right? Terrible laugh. But anyways, <laughs> verse 24. And it says, And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and its lust, which means you can't undo it. You can't unmeet Jesus. That's what I'm saying. You can't unknow Jesus. So this is, this is the important part. Is it when people say, oh yeah, I, have, I know God. Okay, yeah, you might know God, but do you have a relationship with Christ? Right? Do you believe you're secure? Because the more secure you believe you are, the more you produce. Right? Amen? Because the end result is, is good works, right? Like, we should be doing good. We should be blessing people. We should be helping people. We should be encouraging people. We should be nice. We should be loving. We should be genuine. We should be authentic. But it's not achieved by making rules of that's how we should be. It's achieved by having faith that we are right with God. And that when we come short, we can get right back up and keep walking in it. There's nothing ever holding you back. So, we are in Christ, alive to God forever. Walk in that. If we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. That means we're alive to God. When we believe in what Jesus did on the cross, right? We become alive to God. Not me, not my identity, but Him. But Christ, Christ is alive to God and I'm in Him. Therefore, I'm alive to God forever. Then now, I can go. Okay, so... The advice is to believe you are alive to God, that you're no longer dead in your sins eternally so that every day of our lives we can have faith that God is for us and that he will always help us with testings, trials, and temptations. It's security 
that God is always for you. He's for you. And when you have someone that God is for and he's for you and you guys have a disagreement, he's very, he's very tactful in working it out for both of your good at the same time. It's a good God, right? So, we want right living, but it's a fruit. It's a fruit. The Bible is the end result. The Bible doesn't teach us how to live. It teaches us what to believe. It teaches us what to believe. And what we see in the scriptures as far as actions is the end result of having the right faith. What we see in the Bible is the end result of having proper faith. Right? So if you don't get that result, then realign your faith. Right? This is why we say right believing gives birth to right living. Wrong believing gives birth to wrong living. Does that make sense? Amen? Okay. So I'm going to read a, a, a passage of scripture really quick and we'll wrap up with this. This, is, this has been a blessing to me because this is one of the most misinterpreted scriptures concerning this conversation. It says, Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and the brother of James, to those who are called, beloved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ. May mercy and peace and love be multiplied to you, beloved, while I was making every effort to write to you about our common salvation. I felt the necessity to write to you, appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith which, which was once for all handed down to the saints. So he says, I'm, I'm, I want to write to you about the common salvation that we have. Okay? We have common salvation. What's the common salvation? That you're righteous. You're right with God by faith. Right? It's righteousness by faith. It's justification by faith. He says, and I want you to contend for it. Contend. Fight for this faith. It's not just faith in God, okay? It's not just have faith in God or just have faith that, that, that God exists. No, it's to believe that you're right with God because of what Jesus did on the cross, okay? That's the common salvation. Then it says, contend for that faith. Then it says in verse 4, For certain persons have crept in unnoticed those who were long beforehand marked out for this condemnation, ungodly persons who turn the grace of God of our God into licentiousness and deny our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. Now I desire to remind you, though you know all things once for all, that the Lord after saving a people out of the land of Egypt subsequently destroyed those who did not believe. So here's the kicker. You see here that, okay, they turned, angel, look, it says, you know, they turned grace into a license to sin, right? That's what it says right there. But if you actually read, the word means to translate or to remove grace for licentiousness. It doesn't say turn it or like using grace to go ahead and freely sin. Okay? It's saying you remove grace, remove justification by faith. Okay? And now you turn it into this free-for-all. This, this pull of doing whatever you want, living however you want. There's no God. There's no anything. People were creeping into the church trying to take the justification by faith away from them trying to rob them of it and they th these are called ungodly persons and guess what here's the kicker this is the, the root source of their actions where they, they denied the lord jesus they denied the lord jesus then the next verse is key it says now i desire to remind you to know all things the lord after saving a people out of the land of egypt destroyed those who did not believe okay he destroyed the egyptians okay but because of what? 
unbelief. Not because of their actions. Their unbelief. So, one, they turned, the word turn can be translated to remove, replace, or translate it. Okay? Number two, using grace as a license to be immoral is foreign to the Bible. It's foreign to the Bible. If you read it, though Paul doesn't mention that at first, hearing without experiencing God, God's grave, you might think that. So, here's the, here's the other part. The judgment here is for a lack of faith, not a lack of right actions. The judgment is for a lack of faith, not a lack of right actions. Amen? Amen. Four. What's he talking about here? He's talking about the people that died in the Passover. The Passover is when, right, the angel of death passes over Egypt and those who have blood on the door, right? Why did they have blood on the door? Because they believed. They believed that they put blood on the door that the angel of death would pass over their house, right? So he's using that as a type because that's what happened with Jesus, right? If those who believe in Jesus have blood on their heart. So when the angel of death of judgment passes over, it shows you a belief is what saves you from judgment, not your actions that save you from judgment. And what they wanted to do was take this justification by faith out of the church, that you're right with God because of what Jesus did on the cross and nothing can ever change that. They wanted to rob that from the people and give them licentiousness and say, here, just do whatever you want. You're already saved. Do whatever you want. And what it was doing was, was tempting their hearts to be moved from transformation back into just, you know, whatever. Do whatever. But their hearts wouldn't be moved because you, you, you'll be able, you can see if you read the whole book that their hearts were not moved. So have faith that what Jesus did is enough. And today... If you guys want to stand, we'll end. And if you can echo these words into your heart, I'm not going to tell you what to pray. I'm not going to tell you. You choose what to pray. But these words came to my heart when I thought about, okay, what kind of prayer? To end this, could I say, right? And these are the words I wrote. Jesus, what you did is enough. I don't need to work. And I am righteous, not because of my actions, but because you love me enough to have paid my debts and, forgive, and forgave all my sin, past, present, and future. The more we pray our prayers like that, with a reminder to self, right? That it's done, it's completed, it's finished. I don't have to worry about not being right with God. I have enough to worry about. <laughs> I have enough to worry about, life to worry about, right? So God takes care of that. I have a job to show up to. I have issues and problems and things to deal with. So the more strong in my faith and conviction I am of that, okay, the more I naturally do good deeds. Because when I give, it's because I know I have, right? We become experts at receiving so that we can give, right? We think we can give first. 
but we first have to acknowledge that we received, right? That's why we receive forgiveness first in the new covenant, then give it. We receive blessings first, then give it. From what we have, we give, right? From what we have, we give. So what does that mean? I need to become better at receiving and understand that my faith, my ability to receive is not hindered by my actions. So that I can have a greater faith, a more dynamic faith that says, okay, God is with me, for me, he's supplying, he's giving, he's there in every situation I'm at work. I feel, I feel overwhelmed that God is supplying peace so you can perform better at work in the middle of chaos when everyone else is upside down and you have something that they don't have, right? That sparkle in your eye, that, that attractive glow in your face, you know, because you have Jesus. So again, uh, I'm excited because this foundation for the rest of the year, we want to focus on living boldly, live boldly. Everything you do, do it bold because your foundation is not in question. When you pray, pray bold. When you expect from God, expect boldly. When you have faith in God for something, be bold about it. Because there's nothing hindering you from receiving it, except the fact that you don't believe you can by your lack of good works or your, or your, or your sin, right? That's what hinders us from believing that, is that I don't feel good about myself. So maybe I, I shouldn't pray right now, or, or maybe God's not going to answer me, or maybe God's going to come short of his promise to me because I came short of my promise to him. No, God heard your promise, and he shut you up like he did the prodigal son, right? And he shut you up, and he said, oh, give him the house, give him everything, give him the ring, give him the robe, right? So let's pray. Um, after, if you guys want to give, Jeff is going to go around. He has envelopes and all that stuff if you want to give. Um, tithing or offering or anything like that. Remember, you're not obligated to give. Um, we don't we don't demand that it's not required to be saved or anything like that. So I want to make that clear every time that we come together. But um, uh, you guys ready for this week? Yes. Yeah. All right. Let's get out there. Let's live boldly. Let's make it happen. Not of our own works, but because we have God on our side as we as we walk. Right. Amen. It's Him building the house. The Bible says. Um, they labor in vain except the Lord build the house. So unless God is building your life, right? The kingdom that you call your life, your king and priest, right? The kingdom that you call it, unless God is building it, we labor in vain. So let God build it. Let him supply. Just put him in a corner and say, hey God, he's not in the corner by the way, but just say, hey God, without you, it's not gonna happen. It's just not. I don't want it to happen unless you make it happen. Right? I'm not going to overcome this temptation unless you're there, unless you help me. It puts him in a corner and he's like, all right, I haven't seen such great faith. <laughs> you know? But, uh, all right, guys, let's go out there. Let's um, take that security and let's live. Yes. Practical. This is practical as it can be. So um, uh, Bible study this week, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, Friday. Yeah, and at 7 p.m., join us. We'll be having some good discussions this week. And um, I don't have anything else besides a prayer over your life that God bless you and God plant you securely, right? So that you don't have to struggle to be good anymore. It's just natural. It's just natural, right? You want to be natural. People don't like fake. So we're, we're better off like having the right faith to have natural good works versus fake good works. They just just to show people we're Christian, right? Or just give homeless to, a dollar to a homeless just because, oh, it's the right thing to do. No, no, no. Give it because your heart 
understands because Jesus is in your heart and he sees their pain and you can feel what he feels about them. Amen. You know, it's like that from there, from their give, not from, oh, well, if I don't do it right now, like, if you're not going to give and you can't give and you don't feel to give, don't give. But make sure it's from transformation, not from this idea that I'm going to be closer to God because I give, because I do this, or because I do that, right? So let's pray. Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for this opportunity to gather, to be here, God. We praise you. We acknowledge your presence tonight, God. We thank you for this opportunity just to come together, to be changed, to be molded, God, and into your image and, and what you are, God. And we thank you today, God. You planted us securely. You, you put a rock in a sure place, God. You put a nail in a sure place, God. And we're, we're not moved, God. We, we can live bold. We can... We can just go to work, God, and trust that, that those promotions, those those things that are working, our jobs, God, are for us. We can go, God, and, and our family, God, and expect favor in our relationships with people, God. Expect favor in our, all our dealings, God. Favor that's unexplainable, that has nothing to do with, with our talent, with our ability, God. We put all our talents, all our abilities, we set them aside, God, and we trust that we only want to receive if it's from you and it's by grace, God. We thank you today, God, and I pray that each person here, God, would, would be blessed this week, God, that they would go out there, God, and just conquer the world through your grace, through your love, God, and they would just stand firm and in move, God. We, we, we know the devil's on attack, and he's trying to take away our security. He's trying to make us feel condemned, and everything we do make us feel bad, that we're not good enough, that we're, we're below, and, and, and we're, we're not anything or worth anything, God. But in reality, God, we know that's a lie. That's just a lie to rob us of faith. So we, we cast that aside, God. We cancel that assignment in Jesus' name. And we trust you completely, God, that we are totally secure in you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys.